Back to another episode of Keeping Current with Kansas City. Uh, I think this is the Wave Edition. Does that does that work with waves, current, water? Anyway, this is Thad Bell from the Kansas City Soccer Journal. With me, I have Daniel Sperry, Kansas City Star. How are you, sir? Great. We're not talking about the San Diego Wave, right? Just no, no. Like Wave is spelled W A I V E, right? Right, right. I just, <laughs> I just had to get stupid there for a second. Um, kind of like dad puns, but you know, in the pod audio version. Yes. Which I'm sure you will, you know, and we'll learn even more about. Oh, I've got my share. I've heard my share from my own father over the many, many years, and uh, I still got plenty more to go. So we're good. So when does a bad joke become a dad joke? When it becomes a parent. <laughs> there we go. I like it. All I right. Like it. All right. If, if anybody is still listening. This Enough is about the puns. Kansas City Current, the NWSL. <laughs> this is not a very punny episode <laughs> in general. No. It's uh and it's not fun for the people that we're about to talk about, so I apologize. But we're doing this late, had to wait for kids to be in bed, etc. Mm-hmm. Uh Kansas City Current announced four players were waived today. Ryland Childers, Chardonnay Coran, Croy Soto, and Jenna Weinbrenner. Yep. Any surprises there? Um, now that I can finally remember who was actually supposed to have roster decisions, um, this week, uh, you know, and none of that process, I, I didn't have the list, right. I don't have, I now have a much better roster tracker, um, for the current in terms of deals and how long they last because I have enough press releases I can look back to, um, to see it. But, uh, honestly, no, I don't think there's any surprises, um, I did think it was interesting that Izzy Rodriguez, it says that they have offered her a contract, um, but she's still considered out of contract. Um, who knows what those neg- negotiations are and you know maybe why that would be stalling um, per se. They were able to sign Gabby Robinson to a three-year contract extension. I would think that a very young, um, controllable asset at left back that is very good. Um, we saw a significant leap forward from Izzy Rodriguez last year. Um so to see her, to see that they want to retain her is good. Um, you just kind of hope that uh, whatever is keeping it from being a done deal um, eventually works itself out because I think the current are better for having her on the roster. Um, so hard to find really good, natural, left-footed fullbacks. But anyways, outside of that, I'm really not surprised um, Consider about the other four. I thought maybe... Um, Jenna Weinbrenner's play later in the season at the mid might have made her an interesting keep. Um, just in general, um, I thought she's out of the out of that group of four. I think she'd be the the one that I'd see most likely as being kept around um, or retained. But at the same time, man, I I, I don't I don't fault um, the decision making in any of these moves at the moment. No, and. I know you you thought Jenna might be the one that would not be waived, but also thought Croy may not be, and only because you can't protect all of your center backs in the expansion draft, and that leaves you at least a decent center back. I mean, she was pretty good in her limited amount of time early in the year when it was was two rookies starting. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a you know I know Jenna could play there, but she wasn't able to ever break back into that spot really this year. Mm-mm except for a very limited time, if at, if at all. So it it doesn't surprise me on any of those. Uh, Shar was one of my favorite players the first year. But uh, this year, she seemed to not be able to get on the field very much. And when she did, it really wasn't that spectacular. No, and I think there, there's even some buzz about her coming out of training camp that she was a player that was supposed to take a step forward. And I think um, you know, a guy who tweeted that, I think it was Justin Horniker, I had tweeted that that was something that I had heard anyways down there from other people too, that Shard looked really, really good in camp. Um, never really came to fruition. Um, I mean, I, I don't, I don't mean this to like bust on people. Sometimes, you know, you look really good in training and then once you put it together in a game, it just doesn't come through. 
Some some players are terrible practice players and are brilliant in a game. Some players are wonderful in practice and never put it together in a game. Um, and as much as the that's how you practice is how you play um, kind of a thing, I just don't know how consistent that is at the pro level. Everybody is good. Um, and so I think you really, what matters the most is what you do in a game. Um, and I just don't think she had the type of impact in the games that they were brought into. And as a second, you know, a second year player, you look at, uh, can, can we just for sake of conversation here, let's compare her and Izzy, right? Because I think both her and Izzy were brought in uh, very situationally in their rookie years. Uh, Izzy was brought on when they needed wide service from a game and they wanted to throw Haley Mace higher up the field um, so she could be a threat um, late in games, either pick off a goal to tie, pick off a goal to win, or um, you know one of those things was right in the scenario. Izzy even got assists last year because of her service. She was she had some very good service, so you could already see that Chardonnay was brought in to close out games because she was really good on the ball and she was good at helping retain possession. And you see what happened in year two. Izzy took the step forward into being able to translate the moments that she was useful for uh, in her rookie year. She was able to translate that into and, and take the step into becoming a consistent player that was uh, performing at a starter level. And she was able to carry out performances that carried her through the entirety of that. And Chardonnay Curran was given a couple of chances earlier on in the season, and it didn't work out. And I think that's kind of the, the part where you look at the two and you say, okay, both were very similar. Both were very successful in those limited roles. One takes a step, the other one does not. And the other one is on their way out. I think Izzy may have gotten more playing time than Char though, because of the fact that she was the only one who was reliably a left back in a four back system. Correct. We've talked before about how Mace did not seem to do well in a four back system. She, you know, she was much better when in the, uh, five five three two or whatever and she just doesn't do she needed somebody behind her where izzy was a better defender in that regard she wasn't necessarily the bomb forward quite as well as Haley, but mm -hmm. she also had that part to her game so i think that's where she able was able to gain more playing time as the coaching style changed throughout the year she mm -hmm. was able to do that and chardonnay was not and i I think in the first year, she was actually maybe even the better player a lot of the time, if you're just comparing those two players. Yeah. Because I think that, uh, again, I can't pinpoint like one specific thing, but I remember at least a couple times last year where she came off the bench and the mm. current scored. And it may not yeah. have been that she set up the assist, but that she may have been the two passes before that, or she broke up a play that created the the chain of events that turned into a Hamilton goal, for example. Mm -hmm. I, I I recall to an interview that we did with her earlier in the year. There was the talk about her playing higher up the field yep. um, uh, than she had in the last year, and um, you know I think a lot of her success came as a box to box or a deeper lying midfielder um, versus a more front forward midfielder, um, and you know I think that's where they thought she was going to try and get a lot of time earlier on in the year. Um, where it quote didn't work out and you know that's a that's a crowded room to be a part of if you're going to be in that room as well um but even then you know when they had injuries to low they had injuries you know Dabinia was on um out with some stuff you know Shar was not the one getting those minutes at that time and uh and it's just it's just one of those of you know it's uh unfortunate because I think she um was a really solid there there are some certainly some solid attributes into her game um but I, you know, last year was a, a crazy year um, for one, but also I just, it just didn't work out in the way um, for her than it did for Izzy. And, you know, whatever that may be, um, she might be better suited in a different team in a different system somewhere. But, um, you know, I, I, I think the, the current, the current midfield is too deep at this point, um, you know, to have a, a player like that in there. I think she was also possibly a, a victim of the coaching change where yeah. Potter may have used her differently than uh, Herbloom did. Yeah, that's for sure. So, All right. Uh, just other news that was in there, although we pretty much knew it. Uh, Addison Merrick and Cassie Miller are restricted free agents. And mm -hmm. so if a team makes an offer to them, 
Current has the, the right to counter that offer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sam Mewis, Mallory Weber, Desiree Scott are unrestricted free agents. Any team can talk to them and sign them. I seriously doubt Mewis or Weber is back. I think there is at least a slight chance that Scott is back. But yeah, I, I haven't seen I any s- negotiations there. Yeah, I could see that um, just from a a leadership and a locker room level. She's never really played for anywhere else in her NWSL career. Um, and she has a history with Vlatko as well um, as the head coach. And I, I could see Vlatko retaining her um, for a sense of leadership in the locker room. And if she wants to give her career, um, you know, another last push, I, I know, you know, she's joked about retirement and she wanted to come back this year and she tried um, I think tried her hardest to to get back for this season and even get back for the World Cup, and it just didn't quite work that way. Obviously, it seems like her knee injury was a lot more serious um, than it was, or uh, you know. So I, I think the the hard part there is that if she's willing to come back, I don't see her back anywhere else um, at this point, just given her history with Vlaco and in Kansas City. Um, you know, depending on where they are. Obviously, with the trade of Alex Luera, uh, Jenna's Weinbrenner being cutting and you know being cut and waived, and uh, Desiree Scott being a free agent, there's a hole um, at the D mid position. And you know, if you have Morgan Gatro in that spot that can play that, um, you know, I don't personally. I think Vanessa Di Bernardo and Lola Bonta should not be in consideration for that type of role. I don't think that's the type of player that they are. Um, they could do that in a flash and a pinch when things are really, really bad. But um, that's an area that the current need to get maybe one more starter level deeper and another, you know, player in the mix there. If they get a really solid starter in there and have Morgan in the background and have Desi as well in there for locker room leadership, veteran presence, and all of that around the team, I think um, that would not be something that I would be shocked to see. But again, I think like last year, it was whether or not Desi wanted to return and it was whether or not they, you know, ended up doing the deal that they did. And, uh, you know, I think if Desi wants to come back, I'd be shocked if she didn't have a home here in Kansas City. Yeah, I would say there's a, at least a slim chance she could end up in Utah just having been a teammate of uh, A-Rod in the past. But uh, yeah. All right. Let's see. Of the players that are left. We, we talked about Izzy, there being a contract out to her, but she is technically out of contract. So, mm-hmm. of the players that are left that could be protected, mm-hmm. I'm going to run down these. They're not in exactly a particular order, but uh, Stina Balasager-Peterson, Michelle Cooper, Dabinia, Kristen Hamilton, Lauren, Halle, mm-hmm. Haley Mace, uh, Alexa Spanstra, Hannah Glass, CeCe Kaiser, Lola Banta, Elizabeth Ball, Kate Delfaba, Vanessa DiBernardo, A.D. French, Morgan Gatra, Mimi Larson, mm-hmm. Claire Lavoge, which, by the way, they did uh, extend her option, so she's yes. in contract for another year. Which is good. Uh, Alex Pfeiffer is not needed to be protected because she's technically not on the roster, and she's under the 18 protocol, so she wouldn't have to be protected anyway. Uh, she technically is on the roster, actually, but the 18 protocol protects her regardless, so it's okay. It is this, so it is this current roster that is that all the clubs have released today. Now, unless someone were to sign somebody in free agency between now and December twelfth, and whatever the expansion draft is, or if another player was had a contract agreed to, um, then they would be added to this active roster that would go forth as what is their protection list. But because of that fact, um, Pfeiffer is technically on this roster. It's technically doesn't matter because she is under 18. Okay. Uh, I know she was on the roster that the current put out today, but according to the original press release, the contract begins January of 2024. So, I mean, technically, does the option for Claire Lavage's contract start in 2024? She's currently under contract, though. Hmm. I know yeah. this is just dumb semantics. I'm just having fun with it. Okay, go ahead. So anyway, I'm going to disagree, but that's fine. We can disagree. <laughs> the result is the same. She's not selectable, but 
I don't <laughs> think the contract begins until 2024. Okay. Because I've seen this with MLS. Players would be signed and they would not be eligible to because they had not officially started yet. But anyway, the last <laughs> one would be, let's see, oh, though Gabrielle Robinson and Jordan Silkowitz. Do you have a already set protected list out of that group? Um, I've got. This is not no. Obviously, this is not knowing who has, uh, do not trade lists or do not trade no like a right. no trade clause kind of a thing. Um, I've got five six ish players that I'm working with right now that I feel I'm really solid with. But as we continue discussing our list, might as might probably add to that. But yeah, I think I think it's pretty set. And obviously, I don't know where where you want to start with this. Well, I know last week we discussed that there were two players with whichever order you put them in. There was two players that we would have absolutely protected, and the current yanked the rug out from underneath of us on one of them. That being <laughs> Alex Loera. So the other one would be Dabinia. We both agreed on that last week. Yeah. So we'll let's just take her off the board. She's protected. Okay. After that, which direction do you go? What's your logic if you are a combination of Cami and Vlaco? Well, in the it so my obviously I think you're trying to lock down a spine of some sort. Um I would not be shocked if a player Players like Vanessa E. Bernardo, Lola Bonta, or even Morgan Gautreau have no trade clauses um, in their contracts. Um, low just for um, being tied to Roger at this point. Roger would never play for any team other than Kansas City. Um, I think them being married and uh, in, in the way that that household is set up, uh, I, it would be very... Like I, th- I feel like that would be something that Lowe would have tried to negotiate into her contract at this point. Um because I'm sure there's a lot of clubs that would have loved to have Lola Banta on their team. Um, so, uh, you know, I think that's for me, I probably look at starting to lock up the spine. So, and with that, I think comes with a really strong center back pair and the club invested a lot of money into their center back pairing of Lauren and Steen Balsager in the uh, winter in the, in the, or in the secondary window. Um, so I think for me, they're probably next two on my list as I'd go Lauren and Stina. They are on my list. Currently I have, and again, to be clearer on the rules, you can protect nine. And if when one player is taken, you can protect another player. So I currently have 10 on my protected list, mm-hmm. uh, which is difficult, but this was... Before I knew some of the moves today, I haven't really completely readdressed it yet. Mm-hmm. I want to protect youth. Okay. So I say that my next two are actually Spanstra and Cooper. Okay. I can see that. Um, they're on my list as well. Um, and I think that that wouldn't, that doesn't surprise me. That makes sense there. Um, so I again went more spine with my fourth um, spot, which would be because I have Cooper and Spanstra as five and six. Um, again, the order doesn't matter. What matters is whether they're protected or not. But um, Lola Bonta was fourth on mine. I think if Desi does not return, I honestly think Lo is a shoe in for the captain um, at this point. Uh, she's been a vocal tone setter within that. Um, within the locker room, on the field, off the field. I mean, she just is, she is very much, um, the Casey current right now. And I think, you know, as Dabinia sure is a star, um, and captures all of the, the attention by her play, um, Lowe's leadership, Lowe's, uh, everything else. I think she is the makings of a captain of this team. Um, and I think that it would not be surprising to see her with the armband next year. So for me, I think you protect a player that I think is so um, incredibly valuable inside the locker room, um, just as much as a player like Desi would be. 
So I think this is as close we're going to agree with anything is my next one is low. Yeah. Um, because she is, like you said, the a leader, the she's almost the heart and soul of the team in a lot of ways. Like, um, mm-hmm. you know, the, the last year with the celebrations this year, not, not getting as much playing time, but, you know, playing her butt off when she was in there and still drawing penalties and calls. And, you know, she is maybe not going to be most talented player out there at any point in time, but you know, she's going to give you everything she has. And she's still probably, even if she may not be the most talented player, she's probably one of the five most talented players on the field. But she's still an incredibly talented player. So I think, I think for me, it, it's just a no-brainer that she is still um, involved in this team and in the heartbeat of it. Um, because I think, I think she and she and Roger are KC soccer royalty in a way, um, a power couple, all that fun stuff. But um, in reality, like she. Outside of like Dabinia right now, I think the KC current, like if I think of a player who's the face of the current, it's probably low. Um, and even at times with Dabinia in the mix. So uh, just who she yeah. is, um, what the attention that she demands as a player um, is uh, is very um, charismatic and someone that you got to have. I would say Lowe is actually more the face of the team than Dabinia is. Dabinia's mm-hmm. got the more fame because of, you know, national team yeah. and all that type of stuff. However, if it comes down to a, you need somebody to go into an interview and talk. Yeah, it's low. It's it's five times like more likely to be low than it is Dabinia. Yep. All right. Five and six. I already said this was where I put Cooper and Spanstra. Uh, well, my number five, I am going to say is Hamilton. Okay. Uh, I think she might have a much lesser role this year coming up, depending on how the offense works out. But she is another one that I could count on if she came off the bench or if she started, she's going to give you that maximum effort and bang you in some goals. Yeah. Like I said, I have, I have Cooper Spanster there. So, um, We'll talk about the end of my list later. <laughs> All right. Well, and I'll just keep going then. My next two are probably what your couple of originals were with Stina and Lauren. Okay. Um, so you have Stina, Lauren, five and six. I have, um, and then, or sorry, six and seven. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure what number we're up to now, but yeah. Yeah. I think we're at seven there. Um, so Vanessa Di Bernardo is my next one in there. Um, I think, you know, we got to see her at, when she came in. She was the closest thing to a defensive midfielder that the current had um, when she first finally was healthy and was able to play at the beginning of last year. Um, and then she gets that concussion that literally knocks her completely out of the rest of the season. Um, she's still dealing with that. And I, I know she was a little closer to coming back towards the end of the season than Gautreau was to the two um, midfielders that were um, under concussion protocol for a significant part of the end of the season. Um, Di Bernardo is a player that I think um, could be, depending on how Vlaco wants to play, I think she's the perfect um, mix of that attacking eight in the midfield, um, uh, someone who can be um, really smart in a box-to-box setup, but has really brilliant, incisive passing um, centrally. Uh, and I think, you know, you, we saw saw her banging a couple of goals there, but I think Di Bernardo's ability to retain the ball, to dribble, to move the ball um, with her passing I, I, is just going to be kind of valuable in the way that um, – in the way that Vlaco wants to play. So I, I, I find, I find uh, Di Bernardo to be, and I, I, for some reason, I just feel like she's got probably has a no trade clause in there as well. Um, to your contract, all that kind of stuff. I, I think when we surprised if something like that was included um, again, maybe, maybe we're thinking they're much more prevalent than they really are. Um, and they're just talking about them because they exist. But I, I think for me, um, I, Keeping the med, the midfield core um, really strong, and after you have a player like that too, who spent her whole life playing in Chicago 
and in Illinois and, you know, ventures out for one year and then you potentially put them in a place where they're going to be got like, you know, have to move again. I just don't see that um, as being part of the case. So I'd be, I'd be surprised to see um, Vanessa DiBernardo play anywhere other than Kansas city next year. And that is the, one of the most difficult things about this is we don't know the, uh, some of the factors that will complicate these expansion lists or protection lists, like you, you know, the, the no trade clause, um, we don't know. So I try, I, in a way, I don't want to read into something that I don't know. So I'm kind of just ignoring them at the moment. Yeah. And I struggle to protect a player who played half the season last year and wasn't coming back at the end of the season. So I, I struggle with that a little bit. So honestly, I didn't protect her. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. I will. I have a. You're not going to like my next protection either. So what's that? You're not going to like my next protection then. So. (laughs) Oh yeah. I'm sure I won't. I'm just going to, like I said earlier, I had 10. I'm still trying to kind of weed out a little bit and I might change my mind, Mm -hmm. quite honestly, but I have CC Kaiser Mm -hmm. and I'm going to go against everything I just said. I have Hannah glass. Interesting. Okay gotta remember she was at least again we don't know medical conditions or anything else she was one of the best right backs in europe when she was signed yeah and we got to see her in practice and she looked decent Mm -hmm. but never was cleared to play and then uh Haley mace so i i like i said i just gave 10 there so i could also see mace being potential trade bait for protection Okay. I would hate to see Kaiser go anywhere just because you got to have one hometown kid still around. Oh, yeah. And so that was my last three, which brings us up to 10. So that's not, I'm cheating a little bit. You're cheating. Go ahead and tell me why I'm wrong. I'm not going to say you're wrong. I have my final two are Morgan Gatron and CC Kaiser. Again, I think of um, a coach coming in and looking at like what's on the roster. Um, and I think, uh, you need a spine um, to your team. Um, I don't, and and, I, and kind of thinking along the lines of like what these expansion teams are going through. Um, they're also trying to build that spine of the team. Um, you already, you know, if you if you expose Morgan Gatro to the expansion draft, um, you are potentially exposing yourself to needing to sign literally every single defensive mid outfielder there are defensive mid out there and after you traded away one um and i think that's a that's a hard thing to do a hard thing to look at i don't know that they'll have the international slots to go out and do that internationally so then you're going to have to look at okay you're going to do have to do it in free agency or through the draft um, and then you're back to square one of having maybe one solid defensive midfielder and a bunch of rookies. So to me, I think a player like Morgan Gautreau, um, you know, I, when we saw her on the field, she was excellent last year. Um, again, concussion thing happens, incredibly frustrating. Um, I've actually, actually feel like at least through like social media and stuff, she is bought into life in Kansas city significantly more than Vanessa Di Bernardo has maybe, um, maybe Vanessa Di Bernardo just doesn't post on Instagram, but like Morgan control is, seems to be very like, okay, I love KC. I'm living in KC. This is awesome. Um, and seems to be like a player that really embraces this again. The concussion thing is the only reason why she was out. Um, hopefully you would think that by the time the season starts next year, that the concussion stuff is, is gone. And of course you run the risk of that coming back, but at the same time, we're not talking about an injury to a muscular injury or a soft tissue injury where you're like, gosh, are they, you know, is it going to be recurring and stuff like that? It's a little bit different in that way. It would take some more freak accidents and contacts to the head for it to be a lingering problem. But you're talking about a player that was really, really good in the middle of the park Um, and part of a spine last year that once she came in and once um, uh, and once Elizabeth Ball um, got solidified on the back line, who has 
if I recall, is not on either of our lists. But yep. once once they got uh, you know uh, the the key parts of a spine back into that team, that team really started playing well down the stretch of the season. And so I think that's like for me, that's why I feel like players like uh, Di Bernardo and uh, Gatro and Lola Bonta are all important to be kept because I think there's actually like okay, if you lose Haley Mace, if you lose uh, a Kate Del Fava or something like that, okay, there's there's right backs and fullbacks out there on the free agency list. There's not enough outside. There's not enough defensive mids on that free agency list to justify losing out and completely going bottom out on that position for me. So that's why Gatro is important there. And then I have CZ Kaiser as my last, again, um, off the bench, she's been she is incredibly dangerous if she starts she's incredibly dangerous i don't know where vlaco will see her in the system but she's a player you gotta have around just for um the kansas city hometown factor but uh she's been excellent here and yeah. i think that's the player that you cannot miss out on if you're vlaco on the roster you need to have players that can score goals and bag them um and so i think that's just as important as the spine in that sense Right. I, I I understand the building the spine, but my counter for both Morgan and Vanessa is Vanessa played 11 games in league play. Morgan played five. And I know there was concussions there, but remember, neither one of them started the year either based upon injuries they had apparently either early in spring training or from last year. And Morgan has had multiple years where she didn't play three-fourths of the games. So if you're looking for a player to play most of your minutes at six, I don't know if she's it. When she is, she's excellent. But that's the thing is I'm not I'm not necessarily – I mean, you've got Chrissy Mewis, you've got Emily Sonnet, you've got a bunch of players out there at the six that yep. are available uh, in free agency this year. Um, you, you, don't, you don't need to have Morgan Gautreau start. You need to have Morgan Gatro in there so that if you go out and get a, a starter at the six, um, or, or, or maybe you get one. Christy Mewis and have Gabby Robinson as the backup. Yeah, I mean that, that, that's also uh, Gabby Gabrielle. We have to think of also Gabrielle Robinson being in the mix there too. Um, I know she was listed as a defender. I'm not going to read it too much into where where she's at. Haley Mace was listed as a defender, and I think right. she spent half the games as a defender last year. So like. I think for sure we've like Gabrielle Robinson needs to be considered as the player that might take that. Oh, uh, it was on the back line last year, but her qualities with the ball is so valuable. We might move her higher up in the midfield. It, it It's possible. Okay. Uh, we are running out of time again. That's Oh, we don't have to, we can keep, rolling. we can restart a zoom and keep rolling. Okay. If, if you want to, man, I'm willing. I'm willing. All right, uh, this will be the end of segment one, and I will set up another one, and we will be back. At Daniel Sperry's insistence, we are back for a second segment. Damn cheap free Zooms, man, limiting my time to speak and just ramble on. Oh, know, wait, right? That's your role is rambling on. Um, it's a shared <laughs> shared role, shared position. Yeah, no, we, we both do it uh, often enough, especially when asking questions. Mm-hmm. I have to admit, when I was looking through the protected list today, I kind of I had take multiple different tracks at it. Like the first wave through was okay, these are the players I just don't want to leave. Like not caring about what positions they play, not caring about a spine, not caring about having a defense or an offense, just the players I didn't want to leave. Of course, they'd already screwed me by trading Loera on that one. Loetta. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. But if I was gonna just keep players I liked, that would still I would add Kate DeFaba to that list. I would add Ebal to that list for sure. Mm -hmm. And neither one of us mentioned Claire Lavoisier. Yeah. She would be another one that I would so, just have on that list. Yeah. Here can can I tell you why 
I didn't protect players like Hannah Glass and yeah. uh, Claire Lavager. It's international slots. I think these teams are going to have to be cognizant. These newer teams are going to have to be cognizant of how they fill out their international slots. The Bay FC, I mean, there's rumors that they're going after Jenny Hermoso. Um, I mean, there, there's like Bay FC has some KC current like aspirations. Um, they also can't go after players who are going to make higher dollar because of uh, the their limitations. I, I, as I think it was interesting, Lucy Rush, Lucy Rushton was talking about this in the press conference with Alex Luera about how that they were going to have to get creative um, in you know getting back some of the allocation money that they have because they. Uh, they don't they don't have the buildup of allocation money over years like other teams do they just get their set amount that they get and that's it and so one of the next trades that the that bay fc did to gain uh that to, to gain um some more allocation money was for protection they traded allocation money for protection um to a team i think it was Louisville there so i think you know, because keeping in mind some of the limitations, maybe that are that these teams are going to be having, um, I don't necessarily think of the Utah Royals as a team that's going to be big budget right out of the get go. Um, the current certainly weren't. Obviously, they were a very different setup the way that they, um, you know, from year one to year two uh, was not a lot of high dollar um, bring players in and flash and stuff like that as much as it was in the second time around. You know, in the year three off season. Um, but like, even then these teams are starting out from scratch. They're going to kind of put together a roster that works and can fit within their budget constraints that they're going to have to deal with. Um, so I, I think ultimately um, I'm really interested to see how teams like go about this, but for sure to me, I don't think, I, I don't know that teams like this are going to risk the, uh, the international slot fill up and how they're going to play the game. So there's a reason why I left Hannah Glass and Lavoger, um, you know, un, unprotected because of that, the, the the international slot thing. And I think some of those free agents um, that were signed from overseas for the current are going to be a little bit higher dollar and difficult uh, for those teams to fit in financially as well. Well, again, without knowing salaries, it's hard to know that for sure. But that's also part of my logic, actually, that went against uh, Vanessa and Morgan is because they were very sought after free agents in last offseason. So I have to imagine they got a fair amount of cash mm -hmm. involved in that somewhere. Mm -hmm. And that would make them and their recent injury history less attractive. Yeah. And that's fair. And, I, and I'm not. Look, you know, I'm not saying that, oh, my gosh, we can't we have to protect these players to me. That's how I'd put together the list. I'd think about the spine first and foremost. Um, and I think of the players that are available and cost of replacement for that player in the trade market may also be very high as well to get a player that can do what a Vanessa DiBernardo or a Lola Bonta or someone in that kind of role um, could do. So that was just some of my thinking on that. I'm not saying I'm right. Well, but. yeah, it and there's there is no right or wrong because everything will vary upon who you do protect and who is available mm -hmm. on other teams because now you got to have to gain what the other teams will do, and some of them won't have to protect anybody because they'll have their protection already sold mm -hmm. or bought. And bought. Who knows? Maybe the Kansas City Current go out and make another trade with Utah. We both had talked about on the last pod that that uh, it doesn't sound. Like that conversation has been started, but they have until December 12th to start that conversation. And yeah. again, Amy Rodriguez knows Vlaco pretty well. Mm -hmm. And so I would not have any doubt that they uh, can easily have that conversation and make a deal happen if they need to or want to. Yeah. And honestly, if I was Utah, I would wait to make some of these deals because your price might get better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. But just, so, I mean, I know you talk about the spine, but like just looking at my own list at the moment, bid protect a keeper. So that's a 
neither one of us protected a keeper. Mm-hmm. But we have uh, on mine. I have two starting center backs. Um, I have, depending on which way I go with the nine or the ten, I have at least an outside back. Mm-hmm. I have two midfielders, three forwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, depends on again where you play Spanstra, but yeah. So, why did you not protect a keeper? Um. Hmm. What you just don't like AD? Come on, man. Wow, that's that's the way to start. <laughs> um, I don't really think that people just don't take that too seriously. I just have to give Daniel crap every once in a while. Um, I, you know, I think it's actually uh, the more I have thought about it, actually, I almost wonder if keeping if. Uh, protecting AD is uh, is worth the shot. I don't know that many of the goalkeepers in this league are going to be like. There's not a great um, free agent market for goalkeepers um, in this free agency class. Um, I think that's uh, if I can find the list. Here we go. Um. Emily Boyd, Michelle Bados, Nicole Barnhart, uh, out there, Ella Diedrich, and uh, Brittany Eisenhower, Devin Kerr, and Cassie Miller are the free agents in this class. Um, Cassie being, I think, the better one of those. Yes, he's probably the closest to a starter on that entire list. Um, and she's a restricted free agent. And she's a restricted free agent, so the current can still match. Maybe I, I could see the current. Oh, excuse me. With the yawn. I can see the current uh, protecting AD. I didn't because I think for a while I was thinking that Cassie would have to be protected or would have to be also exposed to the expansion draft, but that's not the case. Um, so I don't think that, um, I, I, I don't think that the, it, you know, the current, the current can, can absolutely control their situation, a goalkeeper, however much they want and protecting AD could do that. Um, I think for a while we were thinking, oh, they could protect AD and leave Cassie exp- uh, or they could leave one, ex- both of them exposed and if one happens to get picked, then they could protect the other with the tenth pick. Um, now that the way the trades have gone down and all that kind of stuff, um, wouldn't see Utah taking two goalkeepers, so you don't get to play that game of hedging your bets in that way. So just protect AD and call it good. Um, that's 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 certainly one way to go about it. And again, this thing is going to be gamed about a million different ways by the brain trusted the current. I, again, I probably don't protect AD and honestly, if I was going to protect either any of the keepers, I'd protect Silkowitz. I not knowing how close she is ready to be a starter. She -hmm. looked good when we saw her. And I, I think at one point I was told that she was looked at as being nowhere. Like they didn't have any plans on giving her time this year but next year starting to get her time. So that would kind of put it on that, that path. But you, if you lose AD, you still have Cassie in the background that you could sign trigger Mm -hmm. a contract, hopefully, or not let somebody else get her. So you have Mm -hmm. those options. So I don't know. It's, it's a dangerous game to play no matter which one of these players, which again, I hate the expansion draft for all of this reason. Yeah. And you know, who knows what, Utah um, is going to announce over the next few weeks in free agents. Right. You know, that that's a very real possibility. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm interested to see what, what happens truly um, here. Cause I think as the, the rest, as these teams continue to build out their rosters in some way, um, I think you kind of look at, okay, how are they going to do that? What teams, are they going to uh, 
and how do, how does that affect what the current do with and what other teams do with their expansion draft list? Because ultimately, you know, you could we can sit here and we could say, oh gosh, you know, you, you we we're leaving these players up and they might be exposed, but like, I don't know, Gotham, Rain, Portland might have a better player exposed in that position group. Yep. Um, so I it's it, it's uh, it's going to be really interesting to end. I don't know how many times he's done this too with MLS over all the years. Sometimes it's not the best player available that's taken. It's the one that's the right fit or the right cost fit and, uh, and all that kind of stuff. And you look at what you look at the picks that uh, and the moves that St. Louis did in their expansion draft, everyone thought like, what the heck are they doing? And a lot of them did really good. Um, and so I, I'm, I'm interested to see how these teams choose it because it's just, it, it's kind of a crapshoot in a way and uh, trying to read the tea leaves about what teams are going to do. But at the same time, man, like we're just two guys waffling on here about <laughs> what we think a team might do. <laughs> right. And that's why a lot of times I hate to do, I don't ever really try to do predictions as much as run through my own convoluted logic for these things. I, I think see. I think of out of all the players on the roster, I genuinely think you could make a case for fifteen Most. to sixteen of the twenty players on there in some way, shape, or form have a case for being protected. So who are you disrespecting, man? I'm not disrespecting anybody. I'm just. Uh, all right. So I don't think that teams that have not bought protection from both expansion teams will probably sign free agents until after the expansion draft. They might Mm -hmm. have talks with them. They might agree to a contract, but not actually sign them because that puts them in now having to be protected. Yeah. So I, I could, unless you have your protection from that draft, there's no reason you would sign a free agent. Yeah. For the expansion teams, they may not sign free agents because that might tip their hand on what they want. Yeah. It's all it's it's a game and it's there's not a right answer, there's not a wrong way to do it, except for when you lose. Yep. And no matter what, if they we've already lost, current fans have already lost one player that they were very fond of, mm-hmm. they could lose another two. Yeah, potentially. Very much so potentially. All right. What else do we need to discuss? I think we've ranted and rambled enough. On a slightly different subject, did you uh, like the the uh, list of players called up for the next women's national team? Uh, yes, and no. Um, I still think I think there's a few who got left off who obviously are really going to be in the mix going forward. Um. If Alex Morgan wants to play through to the next World Cup cycle, um, I don't know that it's going to be as a starter on that roster. And I don't even know if it'll be in the picture with the U.S. Women's National Team. Um, I know she probably doesn't want to retire quite yet. Um, but in terms of her being uh, the out-and-out striker that's always there for them, uh, the, the, the U.S. Women's National Team program's got to turn the page. Um, so I'm okay with her being left off. Players like Rose Lavelle... Um, a few others that were left off that are, are certainly going to be part of the picture go uh, in 2027. I'm cool with, um, you know, I think this is, this is the time where this is the hard part is where you look at what the U S women's national team did going into this world cup. Um, they tried to hang on to the old guard for as long as they could. Um, and I think they learned the lesson that they, when it's time to turn it over to the old, to the next guard, it's time to turn it over to the next guard. And that's a process that maybe should have started two or three years before the World Cup instead of the year leading into the World Cup. And I I look you at gotta remember there was COVID years where it was difficult to call up a lot of players. And you had sure. the Olympic year where they were kind of forced into almost using the older players just because that was who was already experienced. Sure. And Sophia Smith hadn't nowhere near broken out to the player that she was trinity rodman hadn't broken into the player that she is um so yeah i i totally understand that i i just think that this is a group now where you've you with what what they've got in the mix 
um, and kind of building towards Emma Hayes first full year in charge and all that kind of stuff. That is the, um, that's the stuff for me that I think is important um, for them to establish is the, the next guard of this team. And so I think this camp is helping to do that. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a continuation of it because Vlaco did, you know, again, I kind yeah. of consider Vlaco a bit of a friend. So if I sound like a defending at times, I'm trying to be fair about my criticism of him. Uh, but he did call in a lot of younger players, Alyssa Thompson. He got, he didn't call take uh Mal Swanson to the Olympics, but that kind of fired her up and she became the best player until she was hurt. Mm-hmm. All of those factors into it. I, but when you talk about like Alex Morgan still being in the picture, I don't know if she'll, she'll probably be in the picture for the Olympics. I'm not sure she will be for the next one. Rose Lavelle. I'm not sure she'll be in the picture for the next world cup either because she's one that seems to be constantly injured. Seems like we're always waiting for her to get healthy. I know, but I disagree on Roosevelt just because of her age. Because when she is healthy, she's one of the best in the world. And so I know that's a that's a question of whether or not she's healthy. But if she's healthy, you usually call her in. Um, she's 28. She'll be 32 at the next World Cup. Uh, she's 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 part of To me, she's part of the picture. She's one of the best players in the world when she's on. There's no doubt about that. I think I'm just fed up with players always being hurt at this point. <laughs> it's been a theme. Players always hurt for the current. I'm de- I don't protect them. Players always hurt for the national team. I'm deciding whether or not to call them in. On the men's side too. I mean, some of those guys seem to be constantly hurt. They could be really good, but I'm a little fed up with them all. Yep. That said, I would love to have Rose Lavelle at her peak. So, agree. And when my criticisms of Vanessa and Morgan last year at this time, well, not exactly this time, but last year before the season, it was like, yep, these players are can change the current. Amazing. They can dominate. And then we got very little out of them in the long run. So mm-hmm. I just want healthy players. All right. Anything else? Nope, that's it. That's it for me, dog. (laughs) All right, man. I appreciate anybody that listened this long. Yeah, you're crazy for that. Uh, But I enjoy talking soccer with you, man. And I think we will probably have to at least do one more pod that kind of really lock down the protection list because we'll hopefully know more. Yeah, actually. Maybe maybe we'll, we'll get to do a pod that's just sweet. We don't have to talk about the stupid protection list anymore. Yeah. Trade Who knows? Maybe they'll, they'll make a trade and we'll, they'll have protection and we won't have to worry about it. All right, man. Appreciate the time. Talk to you soon, I'm sure. Yep. And we're out. Mm-hmm.